Getting hitched? There's a podcast for that, and you're listening to it. The Save the Date Wedding Podcast, the number one podcast about all things wedding-y. If I just say, let's elope, bugger it, let's just pack it all up, let's get on a plane or get in a car or on a train or whatever mode of transport that you choose to take and get out of here and go and get hitched somewhere quietly, maybe with a few people. How do you feel about that? I can't imagine anyone listening to this podcast who hasn't had that thought, whether it be because of money or overwhelm or family pressure or the fact that they just don't want to have a really big wedding event or the attention on them. That's another thing that people sort of forget about is that there are a lot of people in this world on this planet Earth who don't like to be the center of attention. And actually, hilariously, I am one of them. I love performing. I love getting up and telling people funny stories and being a bit of a loud mouth. But when it comes to personal stuff and you being on show, your emotions on show, that's not really my bag. I'm an extrovert and an introvert at the same time. There you go. Psychologists work that out. But eloping is one of those magic things that a lot of people consider and then go, oh, we could never do that. We, well, It would never happen. And uh, today I want to just bring it up. I want to talk about it. I want to indulge us all on the pros and cons of just cancelling the venue, packing a bag and fucking getting out of here. I'm going to go a bit further in depth about what an elopement actually is in the episode. But first of off, I, first of off, first of off, it's a new phrase that we're going to be launching today. First of off, I wanted to talk to you about how the idea, the thought process of ditching the hitching is actually a really good move if you are not into planning a big event. And when I even say a big event, I don't mean big, expensive, big guest numbers. I just mean if you want this day to just pass by in a nice, warm, fuzzy way that you have a wonderful, intimate occasion and it doesn't have to be alone. You don't have to just be one, just you and your partner. You can be with 10 or 20 people if you want, but without causing a big hullabaloo especially if there are other factors attached to the wedding. If you've got family politics, we've just been talking a lot about family politics. If you want to avoid all that shit, then this is a really good solution. Also, in this episode, I would like to provide you, the people who will not be eloping, but maybe have dreamed of eloping, to create elements of eloping within your various ceremonies and wedding services. These are eloping extensions that you can attach to things to simplify the wedding that you are currently planning and get the best of both worlds. I was actually inspired. I'm going to read you a listener email that I received recently. I've been inspired. I'm constantly inspired by you all. And Bernice wrote to me. I'm going to read you that whole email because I think it's great. She says, uh, this is Bernice and Dan, and we are over here in Charlottesville, Virginia, in the States. Oh, sounds delicious. We recently got engaged and we love listening to your podcast. Neither of us were quite expecting all of the pressure that can come with this whole wedding thing. But since finding your podcast, we've felt reassured, having found a kindred wedding spirit. That touches me in all the right places. We are in serious need of your help. That's what I'm here for. Uh, <laughs> for a whole host of reasons, we've decided to take off in a few weeks and get married on a beach in Scotland. 
That's random. That's a long way. That's a big taking off. I guess you could call it an elopement since it's just the two of us. But we're taking some time to plan it and have told our closest family and friends about our plans. Is this still technically an elopement? An open elopement? Oh, I like that. A super exclusive VIP wedding? Wow, I like that too. Gosh, you're good with these coming up with these things. She says, I mean, is it even legal if it isn't Facebook official? Oh, ask Mark Zuckerberg. Who knows? We're doing this because I don't want the added stress of pleasing others, being the center of attention, the budget concerns or family craziness to take away from the marriage part of our wedding. Plus, we love an adventure. Oh, but we also want to celebrate our love and commitment with our loved ones. We're thinking of having some sort of ceremony this summer. And of course, I still want to have a kick butt party and wear my pretty white dress all over again. But what do we call this? A wedding reenactment? A wedding replay? A vow renewal? A mutual commitment shindig? Is it still a wedding or just a party? Oh, I love all these questions. I'm so excited by this. I'm just so excited by this episode. Thank you, Bertus. Really. She goes on. I haven't even finished reading it. I'm just bursting here. She says, should we even advertise the fact we've eloped if that's what we're calling it? We would love to hear from you and uh, ask for your help in figuring out what the heck to call our impending nuptials. Thank you, Bernice and Dan. And then she says, we'd love to hear an episode all about elopements. Well, your wish is my command, my pretty. So here it is. I loved receiving this email because it ticked every bride chiller box. If I was creating bride chiller boxes, it would be ticking them. Bernice has, and Dan, they've both together gone through and figured out exactly what works for them. And as she said, if she has potential family dramas, if they're worried about the cost of things, if they're worried about these uh, extracurricular feelings and emotions and dramas taking away from what they're actually doing it for, getting hitched, saying they love each other and being together, then bugger it. Just get away, have that moment together, and then still come back later on and have the party with everyone. But not allowing those other factors to actually impede on what you really want, I think is a really bold move and is actually something that a lot of us probably should be doing. I've received quite a few other emails asking about elopements and I really thought that Bernice's email was one of those correspondents that really didn't take away from the idea of having a wedding. A lot of people are saying, oh, I'm ditched, I'm just ditching it. I'm going, we're going away and having dinner somewhere and it's quiet and we're going to go home and it's great. And I think that's wonderful if that's what you want to do. But I know a lot of people listening today will be saying, well, we still really want the party. We still really want to have the actual wedding, but we don't necessarily want all the other stuff attached to it. So I thought this was a really good example and a great kicking off point for this episode to actually say it doesn't mean that you have to abandon everyone and go away on some sort of secret trip, although that's quite exciting, by the way. I love that they're going to Scotland. That's a random place. It's a wonderful, random, gorgeous place to go and get hitched. But it also means that there are other avenues that you can take without getting all caught up in the fact that you'd be going off alone somewhere and no one will ever know that you're married. That's not what it's all about. Or but if it is, that's also cool. I think when I think about elopement, it sort of brings up these ideas of like young love, like sneaking off bit Romeo and Juliet without the sort of death at the end. And uh, the idea of people sneaking out and saying, we're going to be together no matter what. 
it's going to be all covert and undercover and and uh, they'll be wearing sort of gorgeous 60s day wear and they're going to a town hall somewhere or being married by Elvis. I mean, it doesn't have to be that sort of stuff, but it's also sort of sneaky and fun and wonderful. And I love that. I have noticed recently there's been a bit of a crossover with the idea of an elopement and an also a destination wedding. A lot of people are choosing to have small, intimate destination weddings where they go somewhere exotic or different. Maybe they go to a ski field or somewhere like that, but they just sort of say, we're going to invite 10 to 15 friends, maybe less, and uh, have a smaller celebration away from our hometown. It's interesting to see that that's becoming a lot more popular and uh, it's also a bit more exciting. And then having that destination event is probably a good way as we've said before, to weed out people that you think might just be coming for the free drinks. And I would put money on the fact that most of the people who are coming for the free drinks will not be getting on an international flight or flying anywhere, for example, to get those free drinks. An elopement can be a really easy way to rid yourself of complications. Exactly what Bernice was saying about possibly having family issues and dramas, if you have multiple sets of in-laws and uh, step families, siblings, extended family issues, a small elopement, a wedding that is without fuss can reduce or eliminate all of that bullshit. In episode 51 of the wedding podcast, I interviewed Josh and Britt. They run an Australian company called Pop-Up Wed, and it is basically a company that produces elopements really or small intimate events where they run five or six weddings in one day at a gorgeous venue that if you were to have a big full-blown wedding at these venues would cost a shit ton of money it's a really clever idea and I, I I'm not saying that other people are ripping off their ideas but I'm sure there are other people all over the world doing similar sorts of events where you can really jump on the coattails of a great wedding planner like Josh and Britt. Josh is a wedding celebrant. Britt is a fantastic wedding planner slash mother of all other things to do with wedding planning. And they get together all their wonderful vendors, a photographer, like you can organize, they organize all the flowers and all the extra beautiful things and set up this wonderful event. Now you could bring along a hundred people to this event, but you could also say, I'm going to bring along 10 of my best friends or family members. And we're going to have a quiet, a quiet event in some way that's really special which is an excellent way to take advantage of an awesome venue or somewhere that possibly you couldn't afford or couldn't get a booking even and be able to pull off a wedding without all the extra added stuff that would be needed to actually uh, book one of these places. One fun game I think to play right now is a little imagination exercise. Coming from an acting background, these are really fun. I like them. What I would like you to do now, wherever you are, don't close your eyes if you're driving because it's very dangerous, is to think a little bit about if we were to put your current wedding plans on the shelf. Nothing bad's happening. But if we were saying, we're not going to do the big wedding, you're not going to have you know, 50 or 150 people there. If I could give you $5,000 right now to just book a flight or jump in your car with your partner and let's say six to eight other guests, your really close family and friends, where would you go and what would you do? What's the sort of dream scenario if you were to ditch the big event? And let's just say also, later on, you can invite all those other people to another party. 
I'm not saying you can't have a party, but if you were just to take off and do it quietly, where would it be? What would you do? I asked Rich this the other night and uh, we both sort of said, you know what, we would probably go to New York or somewhere, a big cool city and go to a great town hall venue. And I don't think I'd change what I wore. I wore a sort of pretty easygoing, shifty dress anyway, sort of a vintage looking thing. And that's that's why I don't work in fashion, a vintage looking thing. And Rich said he'd still wear his beautiful suit and we'd probably get hitched and then go to some exclusive wanky swanky bar or cocktail bar and go and eat a shit hot meal that costs way too much money and do that. It's funny. We we also said we would love, we, we picked six, oh, maybe, maybe eight. We couldn't really decide, but we picked a small group of friends that we said, let's just, we would invite them and we would have a really nice time. Go and have a very adult, fun evening. And then spend this sort of hyped up long weekend with our friends tooling around an awesome city. I mean, that's our idea of bliss. My close second runner up would be to go to, you know, somewhere like the Cook Islands or Fiji or somewhere and just lie around in a bikini and uh, not get married in a bikini because I'm not Pamela Anderson and I will never be that person. But the idea is to go really casual, have some curly hair, have a cocktail in the sunset, touch a dolphin. Not, not necessarily in those orders, but that that's what I would choose to do. If we didn't get married the way we did, I think eloping like that would be fabulous. And who doesn't want to touch a dolphin? They're amazing. Now that's the end of the imagination. Come back to the show. Come back quietly. As they say, when you meditate, just come back, just open your eyes gently. Just, just relax, come out of it, stretch your hands, move your fingers, roll your neck. Right, we're back. Whenever I whisper on this show, it sounds creepy. Now, some of you might be going, hey, Alicia, this all sounds amazing. But here's the thing. You're still saying to do to do the wedding. You're still saying to do the big party. How is this saving us any time, money or sanity? It doesn't make much sense. Correct, but not correct. What I actually am advocating, if you are having issues with your actual wedding, if you're finding it is becoming overcomplicated, uh, it is becoming suffocating, then maybe... A good way to do it is to go away, have that moment, go to your New York, go to your tropical island, go down the road for all I care, and marry your betrothed without all of the white noise. Go and have that special time and that moment with your partner like Bernice and Dan are doing. Have it to yourself, have those memories, and then come back. And I can guarantee you that once you've got a ring on it, once you've had that wedding day, a lot of that stress and expectations, and especially if other people know you're already married, will just melt away. These people will lose, not lose interest, but lose the intensity of suggesting all of this shit that they want you to do and the expectations that they have and how it's got to be perfect and all that sort of stuff. It's amazing how much it just melts away when you've already taken a really big part of the day away. The other thing about elopements and having the other party afterwards is if you do have a town hall wedding or you go to a a, a distant venue, I know one of my listeners, Ingrid, is in um, the UK and she's been inquiring, she's been asking me for some help and suggestions about uh, some Queensland, tropical North Queensland wedding venue and uh, wedding ideas and that's fabulous. They're going and having a lovely holiday, they're planning their wedding from afar, it's an elopement an elopement that's got a bit of a lead time, which again doesn't have to be busy and doesn't have to be rushed. You could get a you could elope and get married in two years' time. But the beautiful thing is when you're coming together, 
to have this celebration party, if you choose to do that, you are already legally married. It means that you can ask a friend or family member or the dog or the cat to stand up there and marry you again in front of everyone. There doesn't have to be any legal implications attached to this party because it's already done. You're officially hitched. After this very short break in proceedings, I want to go through a list of eight to 10 things, quick ideas to help you minimize the fuss if you're currently planning a wedding and not choosing to elope, but also going through a couple of ground rules if you are planning on escaping and eloping. There are just a couple of things that I think you should be doing in advance to make sure people aren't devo and you maintain some charisma and manners along the way. What I've been reading about elopements is that you can go anywhere and get hitched as long as you've got someone to actually do the hitching, a minister, a celebrant, justice of the peace, if they're, you know, if they're equipped with an internet sort of degree, not a degree, a diploma, a friend that's done the course. Of course, I would like just to make a disclaimer. You need to check in your country that you're planning to get married. You need to check the rules. And also, if you're planning an elopement, you need to apply for a marriage license with a certain amount of time. That differs, from, especially in the States, from state to state. It differs on how much lead time you need. I know in Australia, you need at least 30 days to do the application prior to the wedding. So you can't just get up and get married next weekend. Do your research if you intend to elope. Don't leave it to the last minute. In planning this episode, I did a little pros and cons list of eloping and uh, downgrading or downsizing your current wedding plans or looking at ways to create the feeling of an elopement or a smaller wedding with a wedding that's already planned. Maybe you're listening to this and you're getting married in six weeks time. You're like, oh my gosh, our wedding has become bigger than Ben-Hur and we don't really know a way to make it smaller and feel more intimate without well, de-inviting people, which you shouldn't do, or losing a lot of money. I would not want you to do that, but I do want you to try and shift your mindset a little bit into creating that small wedding feel, even if your wedding is huge. So I suppose the question is, what makes it feel like you're just the only ones there? What sort of venue are you getting married at? Is there some way that you can make the church or the function center or the hall or the canopy or wherever feel a little bit less like a big booming room? I think decor is one of those areas that you don't have to spend a lot of money on to create a sense of intimacy. Lighting can add a ton of mood to a big space. A backdrop, moving all the chairs together, having no chairs at all, having people just gather around a small sort of space. I've been to weddings where people have been in a big, huge park, but the way that the uh, wedding planner and celebrant before the bride and groom sort of arrive gathered people and sort of made people stand was a way that you sort of felt like you were standing around witnessing something with 10 people, not 100 people. So there are ways and means that you can make a less intimate affair feel really personal and small. 
It also comes down to what you'll hear in a couple of weeks. I've got an episode with a wonderful celebrant, Holly, who is talking all about personalizing vows and making sure that that ceremony is something that you have had a really big part of writing. doesn't mean you have to do boring homework or rewrite the bloody Bible. It's nothing like that. It just means that you have created something where you are truly saying what you mean to this other person. And it can be really hard and really personal. But Holly's going to give us lots of ways to really work your personal magic on those sometimes boring and soulless vows, which shouldn't be that way. We've all been to weddings where we've heard people recite this shit back and forth. And you're like, ugh, I don't know, you could be doing the McDonald's menu for all I care. So that is another way to really bring down that big ballsy wedding tone and make it feel like that you are in a small group, a small service, a small ceremony. If you're listening to this episode going, actually, you know what? We're going to ditch it. We're going to just start again. Or we haven't started planning and what you're saying, Alicia, sounds great. And I would like to elope with my partner and a small group of friends or totally alone like Bernice and Dan and then come back and do something else or do nothing else and just get a, get hitched overseas or get hitched in your next county and move on with your lives and stop listening to this podcast. I would like you to keep listening, by the way, just quietly. So I wanted to go through a couple of big points that you need to think about if you are planning to elope or planning to downgrade or downsize your wedding and uh, just more, I don't want to say moral, but I'm saying thinking about other people as well. Because elopement, some people will turn this idea of elopement into you being selfish, which is not true. Firstly, that is not true at all, but that is them deflecting their hurt feelings and finding a way to make you feel bad because they're not involved personally in the ceremony or the service or they are not invited and they think they should somehow be invited and they're not. So that's the first thing. You need to think about how your actions may be perceived by other people. I'm not saying you have to not do them. Just think a little bit ahead of how people may react and just get ready for those reactions. If you are totally just going away on your own and you're not telling anyone about it, if it's a prearranged elopement without any announcements, then I think you should be really mindful of how you announce it, how you get it out there, especially to your parents if they're not coming along. They are the, probably the people the most that will take offense or will find it hurtful. Some will be just joyous. Some will be stoked and go, oh, Few, I don't have to pay for that thing. Few, I don't have to deal with all the emotional baggage that I thought I would have to. There, you know, some parents will react really positively. Others will be devastated and they'll just have to get over it. So in that sense, it's really good to plan a way to tell them without letting them down, basically. I would absolutely be creating a list of people that you should be calling post-wedding. And I don't mean 30 seconds after the wedding. I mean just in, in the week after the wedding when you want to start telling people that you've gotten hitched or that you were getting planning on getting married elsewhere. I think that it's nice to be able to make that phone call or if you can do it in face-to-face, that's also great, especially close family members and friends who might not be able to attend or you aren't asking to attend. Think of a way to tell them without making them feel like you didn't purposefully include them. Um, some people might be just going, we wanted to go away and have this time to ourselves, but we're going to have a big party later or we'd love to have you around for dinner or we are going to have a kick-ass pool party in the summer. But make sure really that if you are planning to elope, it's not just, unless this is the way you want it to be, a Facebook announcement and people are like, what the fuck is going on? I thought I was going to go to their wedding or I thought they meant more to me or I meant more to them um, by not receiving a personal phone call to let them know. 
Now, I'm not saying that you have to call everyone in your Facebook community to tell them that because that's ridiculous. And let's be honest, half the people on that list are probably just douchebags you don't really want to be friends with, but you're monitoring them just to make sure that your life is better than this. Am I the only person that does that? Probably. That makes me sound mentally unstable, but that's true. They love hate people. But I am saying that if there are people that you can't invite or are unable to invite or don't want to invite because it's really small, but would feel a bit let down if you didn't tell them personally, make a little list, have a phone call, have a one-on-one, have a coffee and let them know that's what you're doing. There are also, with some Googling, some serious Googling I've spent today uh, on this topic, there are also some great elopement cards, some really fun cards that you can buy and send out to friends and family members to tell them you've eloped and maybe to announce that you'll be having a party in the future. That's a really cute way to do it. It avoids problems. If you're putting it in the snail mail, it's a nice little surprise for them to receive. They can't do the weird reaction to your face because you're not there. It's just an envelope that they're opening. And if you make it fancy and pretty and also say, hey, we're having another party later on. You're going to have a great time. Woo! They can't get angry. Speaking of social media, be mindful, I think in any wedding situation, about the use of social media. This has been a huge topic lately with unplugged weddings, etc. But also think a little bit about the use of Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Periscope, all this extra stuff at your wedding. Whether it's an elopement, a small intimate affair, or a mother of a wedding I was going to swear there's no need. And think about who isn't invited, who is invited, what you would like people to post, what you don't want people to post. If you are eloping, for example, and uh, you might do a little hashtag Instagram announcement or something, just think about who might see it and their reaction to it. Be mindful of other people's feelings. I want you to listen to me. I want you to listen to me. I want you to listen to the way I'm saying this. I'm not saying be mindful of other people's feelings and then pander to them. I'm just saying, as we're good people, us bride chillers, we need to think a little bit about how people react and their feelings, and especially knowing people and knowing the way they might react. It's sometimes good to plan ahead and make sure that you can put out any fires before they start to speak in cliches. Do you know what I'm saying? It's good to think ahead and be not the jerk in the situation. If they want to react and be dicks, then they're the jerks, not you. But if you sort of can prepare and be mindful of how they might feel, it makes you look like a better person and you are a better person. Another really great factor of planning an elopement is that perhaps you've already been married before which is something I don't tackle often enough on this wedding podcast. I'm out there to say it. Second, third weddings, they're not controversial anymore. They're fabulous. If you have found another person that you think might be the person of your dreams, I salute you because it's bloody hard out there. And also, if you've been there and done it before, then maybe you don't want to repeat repeat the same thing again. Maybe you want something different. Hopefully you do because you are, well, marrying a different person. You've got different vibes happening in that relationship, different expectations. You're going along another path. So by repeating the same sort of thing, uh, snores, no one wants to do that. I feel like this episode's been a little bit of a stream of consciousness about my thoughts on elopement. I know my episodes are usually a lot more structured, but I really feel like elopements are something that uh, should be done more often, should be discussed more often, intimate weddings, those sort of decisions people are a little bit scared of. And we must remember that there is no perfect elopement, there is no perfect wedding, there is no perfect way to do anything. It's exactly what you want to do. 
my real message of this whole episode is not I wanted to use the word consequences and that's not quite right. Ultimately, I feel like if you are happy and if the choice to downgrade a wedding to take off in a month's time and get hitched in Vegas or go to the countryside and find a minister or someone who will marry you, then your family and friends should support you. You should be able to make these decisions based on what you want. In a couple of weeks' time, I, I recorded an episode with, with Rich, my lovely husband, um, and it's going to air in a few weeks' time, but I share this wonderful voice message from a listener who has decided to completely change her wedding plans. She was going to do a 200-head wedding, and now she's got it down to 12. It is inspiring to hear that you are taking control of what you want and making changes not to fit with any expectations of others or magazines or Pinterest. It's what you envisage is what you desire. And that's what's really important. So if taking off to a tropical island and being married by a guy in a skirt, a hay skirt, a grass skirt, then do it. Make it happen. You can still have the dress, the vows, the photographer, the fancy food, the champagne. You can have all of that. You just don't necessarily have to have 200 people along for the ride with you. If you are planning your own elopement, let me know. I would love to hear the details and be able to share some of these stories with our listeners because it's important to be able to not just present one avenue. For me, Save the Date Wedding Podcast is about including everyone that's getting married. Whether you're marrying boys or girls, whether you're planning a big lavish affair, whether you are getting married on a balcony overlooking a city or a backyard or a farm or in a cab. I don't care. I think it's all amazing and I'm intrigued and excited by hearing from you and the details of your event. You can have your wedding cake and eat it too. Don't buy into the hype. Do what you want in your heart and what your bank balance will allow. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Again, it wasn't probably my normal sort of episode, but I'm really glad I covered it. And Bernice and Dan, I wish you the best for your elopement in a couple of weeks to Scotland. And I can't wait to hear about all of your plans for the party, the awesome party where you have all your family and friends coming along and celebrating your amazing elopement with you in the summer, in the warmth, with the sun. Thursday's episode, episode, I'm a professional speaker, Thursday's episode of the Save the Date Wedding Podcast features the wonderful Lauren Grove from the fabulous TheEveryLastDetail.com. She's coming in as my special guest question answerer. There's some real beauties in that episode. I just recorded it then. Very excited about that. And she is a wedding planner who actually went, well, she started as a non-wedding planner. She started as a civilian person like you and I. And then when she planned her wedding, she realized she actually had a really shitty wedding planning experience. She got married in a small town, her hometown, and was recommended a wedding planner who ended up being a bit old school and uh, didn't have a great time. Really enjoyed the wedding, but did not enjoy the wedding planning process. So she ditched the day job. She became a wedding planner and then created this amazing website. She's one of these people that has been there and done it all and has great advice. Very excited to have her on the show. If you need to get in touch, visit savethedatepodcast.com. I welcome, welcome, welcome your suggestions, your emails, and uh, just your general correspondence. Thank you so much for listening. Until Thursday, happy days. Save the Date Wedding Podcast. Don't plan your wedding without it.